As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. These people can end up in, in adultery, divorce, toxic relationships, and going to the next new age practice because one always leads to the next. I've seen it over and over again. I always say it's kind of like a potato chip. You can't just have one. When you start getting involved with the new age and with divination, even if it's unbeknownst to you, because now the way our culture has it, it's, it's crazy. The devil is doing things so boldly and so blatantly although that is his attempt to desensitize people. You've got to be absolutely 100% sure on this Taylor Swift thing if you're going to state something like that, because the consequence, like I said, is generations of people just being completely turned off church and finding Jesus to be weirdly irrelevant because he's being presented with all of this like packed in extra stuff, which frankly is not in the Gospels and, 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 and has this, like I say, I think a conspiratorial um, evidenceless basis. So that's why I think there is consequences to this. Uh, and um, it's what's what's the result? It's pushing people away from the church. And if the devil is behind it, then yes, that's probably what he wants. And so why wouldn't he try to sow division? Hello and welcome to Unbelievable, the show that gets Christians and non-Christians discussing and debating the topics that matter to all of us. I'm your host, Billy Hollowell, and today we are having a debate on entertainment choices for Christians. What is okay? What is not okay? One of our guests, Peter Laws, makes a case for the importance of escapism. We'll get into what that means. And returning to Unbelievable is ex-psychic Jen Niza, who says we are being lulled into a false sense of security and that much of the popular entertainment we consume is not just dark and a bit scary, but also downright dangerous. This is entertainment, she says, that lures us to take an unhealthy interest in the demonic realm. We'll get into more in that in a moment, uh, but we, we are going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about horror, occult-inspired TV shows, ghost hunting, interest in the paranormal, as well as reality TV and blasphemy. There are a lot of things that my two guests will probably disagree on, including the types of contents that adults and kids should watch. But I want to introduce the guest to you. Coming on Unbelievable for the first time is Peter Laws. Now, Peter describes himself as somebody who went from an anti-church horror fan to a pro-horror church minister. That's going to be interesting to talk through. He also wrote the book, The Frighteners, Why We Love Monsters, Ghosts, Death, and Gore, which explains and defends the human morbid streak. He's also the creator of the horror church podcast, Creepy Cove Community Church, which offers full and immersive church services that are broadcast from a supposedly haunted fishing town. Uh, it's been described as Songs of Praise meets Stephen King. 
And also with me is Jen Niza. She is an ex-psychic, as I mentioned. We're welcoming her back to the show. Now, she has a podcast, Ex-Psychic Saved, that she hosts, and she spends a lot of her time in ministry warning against the dangers of the occult, speaking about her conversion as well to Christianity. She describes dabbling in the occult and demonic worship as going to the problem for the solution. Recently, when discussing Amazon Prime's new video cartoon, Has Been Hotel, she wrote, quote, Cartoons that turn the devil into entertainment are what Satan wants. Demonic doors can open. So there's a lot, obviously, for us to talk about here today. Make sure if you are here with us that you subscribe, you hit that subscribe button. And as always, let us know which arguments convince you. If the show raises more questions for you, we would love to hear from you on that. But for now, we are going to dive into part one of the show today. Now, Jen, I want to start with you and I want to get just briefly, you know, on, on the last time you appeared here, we went deep into your backstory, but tell us briefly a little bit about who you are and your journey into faith. Uh, thank you so much, Billy. Nice to meet you again, Peter. Thank you for having me on the show. I actually got into divination at a very young age. Those doors were open for me and it sent me down the rabbit hole of demonic destruction from the age of 13 to 37, I became involved with many divination tools, uh, tarot cards, coffee grind readings, automatic writing, psychics, and then I ended up as a psychic medium. And I ended up also leading my own divination class before Jesus Christ set me free. And that was just truly a miracle. Uh, radical. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. Jesus came to get me. And since then, I have dedicated my time, as you mentioned, in ministry to exposing, educating, and warning as many people as I can from whatever platform I can to stay far away from the occult, from divination, and the new age. Very good. That was very concise. And and Peter, I want to give you a chance too, because again, you said you went from an anti-church horror fan to a pro-horror church minister. And so if you could briefly tell us that that journey. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. it. sounds like an odd trajectory, but um, I, I grew up uh, for the first, say, 20 years of my life. I was very antagonistic towards church. I was never invited to go to church uh, and my, my family didn't go, not even at Christmas. And I just saw uh, Christianity in particular as being a, a completely irrelevant worldview. And when I met Christians, I just got put off Christianity because it seemed so restrictive and not interested in, in what I was interested in, which was things like ghosts and horror movies and you know video games and all these sorts of things. Um, but I, I eventually did become a Christian in, in my, my early 20s, and, and that completely changed. And for a period of time, I assumed, ah, I guess now I have to stop liking that sort of stuff and eventually God will get rid of those interests from me and I will become like all of the other Christians I know who would never dare watch that stuff and don't agree with it. But um, what happened was that uh, that interest didn't leave me. And in fact, it just prompted me to try and understand, well, why do I have this interest? And is it is it a bad thing? And the more I kind of looked into that and studied that and explored and researched, I felt actually there's something fundamentally human about being drawn to some of these topics and um and that i was able to hold those two things in cohesion though i understand for some people that doesn't make sense for me it's totally natural 
Okay. Well, well, very good. That kind of leads us right into what we're talking about here in part one, which is exploring entertainment choices for Christians. And I'm going to start with you on this, Jen. You comment on many of the shows, many of the issues happening in music today and in entertainment more generally. Can Christians watch and listen, in your view, to whatever entertainment they want to? I, I really wouldn't recommend it, to be honest with you. It comes back to what what are they what are they pushing out? So, for example, uh, in the music industry, okay, there's a lot of automatic writing, Led Zeppelin. So, automatic writing is channeling demons to get information. So, why would you want to hear what demons have to say? What what is going to uh, go through your mind? What is going because what goes in our mind goes to our hearts, goes into our actions. Taylor Swift is the the buzz right now, and for a very good reason. She involves herself in witchcraft blatantly, witchcraft. And I do know Christians that actually listen to her music and let let this particular woman lets her children listen to her music. She pushes out new age ideologies. She blasphemes our Lord Jesus Christ. She completely goes against everything Jesus stands for. And I think that is extremely dangerous. Watching witchcraft, supporting it, idolizing her. I mean, she has a team, they call themselves Swifties. And in more recent uh, times, they are calling themselves witches. This is extremely dangerous because when you get into new age concepts, okay, then guess what happens? They become viral on TikTok. Her song, The Invisible String, which is based on an Asian folklore, the invisible string theory has people believing that there's a little invisible string wrapped around their finger tied to somebody else. At some point in time, they've crossed paths and now they're meant to be with this person. It's some sort of fate. It's this and it's imagination. You can be married and you can say, well, but that's my invisible string. And then it goes viral on TikTok, And these people can end up in, in adultery, divorce, toxic relationships and going to the next new age practice because one always leads to the next. I've seen it over and over again. I always say it's kind of like a potato chip. You can't just have one. When you start <laughs> getting involved with the new age and with divination, even if it's unbeknownst to you, because now the way our culture has it, it's, it's crazy. The devil is doing things so boldly and so blatantly, although that is his attempt to desensitize people hey, it's no big deal. It's just entertainment. No problem. But as I mentioned, it is a problem. It opens demonic doors that lead to other new age practices. And the more you engage in that, the further away you get away from the truth and Jesus Christ. It's extremely dangerous, in my opinion. And I don't think Christians should be partaking in those particular things. So, Peter, you know, you, you heard all of that. And the initial question, obviously, can Christians watch and listen to whatever entertainment they want? Would love to get your response to, to what Jen said and then that general question. Sure. I mean, I, I guess I would uh, say that I do disagree with Jen on this. And um, although I guess for in, in some ways in a similar framework, but just from two different completely different angles. So um, I would also come in it from a Jesus point of view. And I would just say, well, hang on a minute. Um, forget what is saying being said right now in the culture wars or on YouTube or in different sort of uh, blogs about, you know, Christianity versus Hollywood. Like what were the things that Jesus was most bothered about? And when I read the Gospels, I don't find um, him particularly getting freaked out at people following like New Age beliefs or uh, or, 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 or kind of non-Christian views or ending up as uh 
you know, consulting the devil and all that sort of stuff. He doesn't really talk about that. What he does talk about, the real evil of the world is, uh, is, is not loving your neighbor, you know, neglecting the people in need and reaching out to those who need us and, and talked about religious hypocrisy particularly and got very angry with the, the Pharisees because of that. And so I would just say, if, if the devil is, is trying to get us to do something today, which, you know, let's say he is, what is it? Is it that he's trying to entice us into, say, New Age religion through a Taylor Swift video? No. I think more likely he is trying to distract us from the real evils of the world. And to me, this is all a huge distraction. Um, this feeling of like that the amount of, the amount of time and passion that uh, Christians seem to take in worrying that little Nas X is, you know, pulling out a, 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 a music video where he's dressed as Jesus and that that is the main problem in the world. Um, where I'm thinking, hang on a minute, the real evils of the world is, is, is hunger and prejudice and all of these sorts of things, these social justice issues, um, which are not being fluffy or woolly. They're the sort of things that Jesus was really into and really obsessed with. So um, to me, this is a, 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 a I'm not saying you can just watch anything you want in the sense that it might not affect you. Yes, of course it is. But I do believe that people have um, the ability to watch something and decide based on their own tastes. And if they watch something, I've got no problem with Taylor Swift, um, but I'm not personally going to fall for all of these conspiracy theories that she's part of some like, like global satanic agenda because I just don't see actual evidence for that. But I do see evidence for ignoring genuine suffering in the world. Jen, do you do you want to respond to that? I do. Thank you. Uh, just a couple of a couple of things there. Uh, one, I'm thinking Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart for anything. Ev uh, everything you do flows from it. So when we're talking about what Jesus cares about, right? Of course, all the things you mentioned, absolutely, totally agree with you with that. However, I think that was kind of minimizing witchcraft. And the danger of witchcraft, and we know the whole Bible is about Jesus Christ and points to Jesus Christ. And we go from the beginning of God's word all the way to the end of God's word. I mean, I go from Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12. Do not learn to imitate, he, well, 9 to 13, really, Deuteronomy. And Moses is leading God's people into the promised land where they are practicing witchcraft, where they are doing child sacrifices. And God is giving Moses the instructions for his people, don't do these things mediums, psychics, interpreting omens, fortune tellers. Look what happened to King Saul when he visited the witch of Endor. He died the next day. We go all the way to Revelation 21.8. So to say it's not a big problem, it's a huge problem because they're going to go to, can I? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not saying. Okay, yeah, because, and I'm not saying that you you didn't say that it, uh, that you said it wasn't a problem. You're saying other things kind of trump it. And then you mentioned like a conspiracy theory. There's no conspiracy here. She's doing it right in front of everybody's face, Taylor Swift. And I think it's great. You don't have a problem with her, but she's not only, and you mentioned some of the other things that Jesus cared about. Well, what about abortion? Does Jesus care about abortion? I mean, she supports the LGBTQ. She supports uh, pro-life, uh, pro, yeah, Freudian. I support pro-life, <laughs> pro-choice. Um, she puts Jesus in a video, well, Jesus, she puts a guy that depicts whatever people may think Jesus looks like in a video, blaspheming with the communion and everything else. This is giving an impression to people, okay? So I know we're talking about Christians that would praise God, have more of a discernment, right, than your average person, absolutely. But eventually Christians, and especially the climate that we live in, 
there's not peace in the nations. People are going through their own problems in their own homes and everything else. Teenage girls are watching these things. And the reason why I'm so concerned with this is because I know what the consequences are of engaging in demonic practices. And how long does it take? You're watching it, watching it, watching it for it to go in your mind. And now these young ladies or young men, they think this is the answer to their relationships or they're watching the way she dresses. She's a serial dater talking about invisible strings. How many, how many invisible strings are you going to have in your life? How many soulmates? How many whatever, right? While she's promoting promiscuity. Well, so let me, as I'm going to come to you, Peter, because I want you to respond to that. But, you know, th this more general sense, I mean, you mentioned some of the other examples. Taylor Swift is, is one debate. You, you have a number of others. Peter, you even mentioned a couple of them, things that, that a lot of Christians have spoken out on, concerns over content, you know, on the on the occultic side. You know, and then there are obviously more general issues in entertainment as well. So I'd love for you to respond to Jen, uh, but then also talk about, because I think part of this, you know, we're, we're having this debate about what is appropriate and what is not, this idea of escapism. So after you've responded to her, we'd love to hear this importance of escapism in your view and entertainment and why Christians should be looking to that as well. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I, I suppose uh, just picking up on something that Jen uh, just said about the consequences, what are the consequences of say, you know, like a Taylor Swift video and, and perhaps that it's going to pull a, a whole millions of, of young people into witchcraft. Um, for me, I, I, I just don't buy that personally. And there's certainly no, I think actual proper evidence that uh, Taylor Swift is an actual witch and is following Satanism or anything like that. And they're two different views anyway. Um, but what I would say is that um, there are consequences for our hyper um, sensitive rhetoric on this topic. And that is alienating a generation of people who enjoy Taylor Swift's music and other music indeed. And, and just look at the church and think, hang on a minute. Um, you know, I can't listen to Taylor Swift um, and be a Christian. And you've got to be absolutely 100% sure on this Taylor Swift thing if you're going to state something like that, because the consequence, like I said, is generations of people just being completely turned off church and finding Jesus to be weirdly irrelevant because he's being presented with all of this like packed in extra stuff, which frankly is not in the Gospels and and and, and has this, like I say, I think a conspiratorial um, evidenceless basis. So that's why I think there is consequences to this. Uh, and um, it's what's what's the result? It's pushing people away from the church. And if the devil is behind it, then yes, that's probably what he wants. And so why wouldn't he try to sow division? Um, but on the, the topic of uh, escapism, I mean, like, for example, when it comes to violent entertainment, people would say we shouldn't watch violent films or films that um, are about death or destruction or things like that because it's trivializing those things and we shouldn't um, explore that stuff. Um, but, I mean, when I wrote my book, The Frighteners, which took me all over, like, like Britain and Transylvania and Rome, trying to understand why people, um, well, why human beings have this morbid streak, I was very struck by um, some studies done with children who um, had lost their parents in the Twin Towers in 9-11. And after that experience, they were witnessed building Lego towers and Lego airplanes and were smashing them into each other repeatedly over and over again in a kind of um, almost like a zoned out way and just doing this over and over. Understandably, parents around them or people, sorry, around them said, this is this something wrong here. They are turning something terrible into a trivia and this this is not right. They should be thinking positively, not negatively. 
until the child psychologist came along and said, hang on a minute, these children have been through such chaos and you expect them to be, to be able to articulate what they've been through. And also you think they're gonna be able to bury those emotions. It's impossible. What they're doing is they're taking the things that are frightening and scary and turning them into predictable patterns so that they can gain mastery over their fears. That is what I believe we're doing with, for example, morbid culture, that it's not just escapism, but it gives people an ability to face their fears. And this is one of the reasons why, for example, you know, during the pandemic, um, you went on Netflix and you would say, what are the top trending films you know, in the world right now? You might think it would be all happy-go-lucky rom-coms or something, but it wasn't. It was films about pandemics and shocking, scary ones at that. And that's because humans have used culture to reflect on the darkness. It doesn't mean it celebrates the darkness. It means that it's it's absurd to ignore the darkness, but to face that head on is so stressful that you have to filter it through story and story helps us do it. We've done it for millennia. The Bible does it as well. The Bible is filled with grimness. Um, if God is willing to paint things in scary palettes, you know, use scary colors in his some of the stories, look at Revelation, for example, um, then I, I think uh, if we're made in God's image, we're allowed to do that too. Peter, I'm going to come to you, Jen, in a moment on this. You know, is there a, is there a line for uh, on that front, right? When it comes to content, and where is that line where somebody might say, "Okay, this is where," and of course, every topic is different, but this is where maybe the Christian should stop, you know, watching this thing, or you know, I don't know what what is your sort of benchmark for that? Well, it's interesting because um. A couple of weeks ago, I was asked to speak at an arts conference in Birmingham. And, and when I stood up, the first question they asked me was, when was the last time you watched something that um, was you felt was, well, made you feel uncomfortable and shocked? And uh, I write a, a film review column for a magazine, uh, not, a, not a Christian uh, magazine. And so I was sent a really shocking and extreme horror comedy. And I remember answering this question at the arts conference saying, well, that film made me feel uncomfortable. But when I thought about it, I said, the reason I felt uncomfortable was not because of my personal like shock. Like I just found it kind of funny. It wasn't that bad. And it wasn't because of my godly shock, because I was quite happy to think God was sitting alongside me, consuming this stuff with me because he, you know, he's above all this stuff. He, he understands the people he recognizes the creators have reasons for expressing themselves in this way. And I thought the only reason I would feel uncomfortable is if a main more, I kind of, someone else came in, particularly a Christian, and saw me watching this, they would think it was bad. And that, and I share that to say, I do think a lot of this comes down to personal taste. And so absolutely, I am not evangelical about scary culture or swearing in films or anything like that. If you do not like that, please don't watch it. And I would never dream on getting people to watch this stuff if they felt vulnerable watching it. And Jen, if you don't wanna watch this stuff, good for you. And I, and I respect, I really do respect that. What I struggle, struggle with though, is when Christians take what is essentially a matter of personal taste and then force it on the rest of society, when the rest of society on the whole are quite happy to consume Taylor Swift or scary movies or, or whatever. And that, that's when it becomes problematic. So Jen, I'm going to give, we've got about two minutes left in this segment here, and I want to give you time to respond to that and to also explain what your view is on, you know, whether or not Christians should be prioritizing entertainment that aligns with their beliefs and values, even if that means maybe sacrificing some of this escapism that we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because 
as Jesus tells us in, in the word, that, you know, it's a narrow gate. It's the, 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 the path to disrupt. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, uh, to destruction is broad. The world is going to offer you many, many things. And we are called to actually sacrifice things, to deny ourselves things. If those things are not beneficial to us or, and don't point to Jesus Christ, we want to empty ourselves and fill us ourselves more with Jesus Christ. So what does that look like for the Christian? So I would disagree that this has anything to do with personal taste or good versus bad per se, right? So I'm not out here saying, hey, you're good or you're bad if you're watching this or listening to this. No, what I'm out here to say is I'm giving you the warning. I'm sounding the alarm as a woman who was a child depressed, who went through the life. And yes, that was my experience, but the same experience of many other people that have been in the new age and in the occult. And then you're, so I would not watch Has Been Hotel or The Exorcist to gain knowledge or to conquer a fear. However, if you go down that road, what I'm, all I'm saying is that don't be surprised then if you get the sleep paralysis. You know how many people report sleep paralysis to me? They report the anxieties, the confusions, because the door has been opened and it's real. It's not a conspiracy. It's really happening. It's really in front of your face. And the only distraction that it's, it's doing is distracting people away from living that walk, giving up some things. Do, go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just listening. I, th I think, you know, we, we have to go to a, we actually have to go to a break, but we're going to pick back up on some of this occult discussion after the break. I'm Billy Hollowell, and you're listening to Unbelievable, the show that deals with the questions that matter. Today, we're debating what should we watch and listen to? Are horror films damaging? What about the increasing impact of the occult in popular culture? In a moment, we will return to that discussion. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube or take a moment to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can email us at unbelievable at premier.org.uk. You can get in touch with us on social media as well on X. It's at unbelievablefe. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, facebook.com slash premier unbelievable. If you want to interact with us there, we will be back in just a moment with ex-psychic medium, Jen Niza, who now believes in Christianity and Peter Laws, also a believer, but who thinks there's nothing wrong with our morbid streak. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I've got a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time. And some of Tom's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts like Ask Anti Write Anything and Unbelievable going strong because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can today and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash unbelievable show. That's premierinsight.org forward slash unbelievable show. Thank you.
Welcome back. You're listening to Unbelievable, the show that gets Christians, skeptics, agnostics, and all those in between thinking about the topics that matter to all of us. We're heading into our second segment here. Again, we've got Jen Niza and Peter Laws. And let's just dive right back into it. Peter, We, you mentioned The Exorcist, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the occult issue. You mentioned some examples. We talked about Taylor Swift. There are lots of actual, you know, very solid examples of this happening in pop culture. But would you say, Peter, that the occult is taking over pop culture? Uh, no. Um, but what I would also say is like uh, pop culture is reflecting things that are interesting uh, to us at this period, period of time. And um, that the presentation of what appears the occult is not necessarily as shocking or as um, anti-church as you might originally think. An example being The Exorcist. So Jen, you know, fair enough, mentioned that earlier, uh, the film. And um, Billy Graham once uh, was quoted, although it's not necessarily exactly attributed to him, but he's often described as quoting this and where he says that in The Exorcist, um, there was evil within the very celluloid of that film. And certainly it's a film in which a, a young girl is, is possessed by the devil. And it is some of the most shocking examples of, I guess, straight up blasphemy you, you might imagine. And so f naturally many Christians have said, ah, well, that, that's a demonic film. And it is trying to get the agenda of Satan into people's lives. However, what's very fascinating is to discover that that film was banned in Tunisia. And the reason it was banned in Tunisia was because it was seen there as Christian propaganda, because that film is one of the few films that presents the church and Christ and the clergy as the heroes. Normally in popular culture, um, I would say, uh, you know, Christianity and the clergy are seen as either irrelevant or corrupt. And the, the irony with not only that film, but also horror films, is that it is one of the only genres that takes the supernatural seriously. It is um, even been described as, yes, Christian propaganda films like um, The Conjuring films, for example, have been criticized by, by atheists as, being, as trying to push a Christian message because they're one of the few places in culture where you can still watch a family, let's say, in a house that's haunted or whatever, and they go to get help and they go to the church for help and the church can help. So it, the irony is, um, if you were to try and look for, are there any genres that are still pushing a kind of traditional Christian message? You'd be surprised to find that often it's the scary movies and it's the horror movies that are the ones bringing out the crucifix that has the power to push the vampire back. That in itself has a, a, a powerful message, which doesn't necessarily mean join the dark side, it might actually be reminding people there is a power in the light side. You know, Peter, I just want to add, it's interesting with The Conjuring, and I will say, as somebody who was, you know, I was a reporter at the time, I was pitched, you know, they were working with faith media. Their goal was mm. to engage faith media on that for the reasons you just exactly. mentioned, and it was unique and different from a lot of the other films and how they actually marketed that, trying to make it a good versus evil. So that mm -hmm. is a very interesting point. You know, Jen, I'm sure you want to respond to some of that, but I also wanted to, you know, get from you as somebody in the position you're in, what factors do you think contribute to the prevalence of some of these occult themes that we have seen, whether it's Little Nas X, and that's a more overt example. You can debate Taylor Swift all day, but that's an even more overt example. What do you think is driving some of that? Well, I think the enemy is at large, and I understand that that might sound uh, too Christian or two out there. And listen, as a former psychic medium 
And the ministry that I'm in now, please don't mistake that I think that there's a demon behind every single thing or there's a demon behind every corner. I don't think that sin is the biggest problem that we face in the world, in my opinion. We have sin, we have the we have three enemies, sin, the world, and the devil, of course. And we cannot deny that. So we have to remember that there's a spiritual battle going on, Billy. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but the authorities, the principalities, the darkness and the cosmic powers in the heavenly places. So to kind of just skim over that, I, I can't see us doing that because there there is influence in the heavenly places. There is a spiritual battle going on. I praise God that he commissions his angels concerning us and to fight in the spiritual battle. We see in Psalm 91, a powerful prayer of protection. But we have to recognize that the devil also prowls around like a lion seeking to whom he may devour. So for the Christian, let's say, right, we're not exempt from demonic oppression, demonic influence. Uh, so I know I'm going off a little bit here. I hope I answered your question fully just by saying I do believe that the desire for power, the temptation, that's, those are factors. Money, pride, fame, those are factors. Sin, those are factors that lead to all the demonic. Notice that those are characteristics of the devil. And remember that the Bible says that we're not all children of God, guys. And I know that that upsets people, but it's what the Lord says. We become children of God when we put our faith and trust in Lord Jesus. Outside of that, those who are not are children of the father, the, their father, the devil, as I once was, as you once were, until we were reconciled to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the only mediator between man and God. But please, we need to accept and understand and not be ignorant of the spiritual battle going on. And there are going to be attempts to by the enemy and his minions to get us going down that dark road, even if it just means, of course, as a Christian, I do not believe, as you know, Billy, that a Christian can be possessed. I don't believe that. I believe that we can be oppressed, though. And I know that what I watch, like I said in the beginning of this, can go into my mind. And the Lord says, think about this. Think about anxiety. He's not silent on it. He says to think about things, be anxious for nothing, right? And then he continues on in Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Think about things that are praiseworthy, excellent, uh, admirable, right? And who is that? Jesus Christ. It affects you. It does affect you. So that's why I'm passionate about this. Well, and, and I want to come to you, Peter, on on effects, because you're very aware, and I, I I thought it was very interesting what you said earlier. If this is not something for you, don't mm. engage in it, right? If you're offended by these things or these Absolutely. things bother you, we all have different you know convictions. You know what? How how in your view, and you spoke about it a little before, but I want to kind of dig into it. Should a Christian enter into entertainment? You know, is there? How should we process it to ensure and push back on even the question if you disagree with the premise mm -hmm. of it, but to ensure that quote unquote mainstream media, that the beliefs presented in it don't impact our hearts and our minds in a negative way if we do choose to engage in them? Well, I mean, we have to be discerning with all content and also, but that includes even sitting in a church pew and listening to a sermon. You know, we have to be discerning mm -hmm. to make sure the things that we're being told is it does actually back up the character and the words of Jesus. And, and like I said earlier, when you look at Jesus' emphasis, it's just in a different place. And it's not, I, I personally don't think it's here. And it's particularly focused on religious hypocrisy and the rejection of other people. So yes, it, for other for some people that will be different. And, and, I, and I respect that. But it's this idea of kind of um, telling everyone that they they can't listen to certain music or whatever because of their personal tastes. That's what I, that's what I struggle with. But um. There's, there's a passage I mean to, to 
pick something from the Gospels, perhaps like Mark seven fifteen, uh, where it says uh, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. And so for me, the question is not how is this entertainment corrupting me, but it's rather how is this and like what comes out of me after seeing this stuff? I think when we take time to explore some of the shocking stories or areas of culture from people who are different from us, I actually find that I end up making more of a connection with people who are different from me. Whereas if I avoid all, you know, um, other culture and I only watch like say Christian endorsed movies, I end up in the, the echo chamber and that just causes division. Imagine, for example, um, if uh, you know Taylor Swift came to your house to stay for for two weeks, and you hung out with her, and you got to know her a little bit, you had meals with her. I can pretty much guarantee by the end of those two weeks, um, you're going to start to understand her more and see where she's coming from and feel a connection and empathy. Um, and I think that's what we do when we engage with culture that maybe we might not fully agree with. We start to understand where people are coming from. Yet many Christians don't even bother to watch the stuff they complain about because they've fallen into the trap of Pharisee type thinking, where it's just all about who's in, who's out, um, that there's a global conspiracy to corrupt us and that division must be stoked um, to save the church. But ironically, I, you know, I, I think Jen's right that they're that we are dealing with serious issues and um, you know, it, it, the devil may well be trying to um, cause problems in this area. But like I said earlier, I think it's to try and divide people and to stop people seeing the church as a credible place in which to find spiritual enlightenment. And the more that we freak out because, you know, some some pop artist like puts their hand over their eye or something on 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 a on a magazine article and we say aha that means they're a pedophile sat satanist like you've got to understand what that sounds like to everyday people not only do they need evidence they also are thinking wow you guys you guys jump to conclusions incredibly quickly and so yes i i i would say um you know Everyday people looking at uh, Christians can end up thinking, would I want to be part of this hypercritical culture? And not only that, but hypocritical culture where um, Christians say, you must watch things that are morally good while at the same time covering up, you know, church scandals of abuse and, 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 and hypocrisy and not helping those in need. So yes, there's big problems, but it doesn't have to be just about culture corrupting us. What's inside of us that culture brings out. Yeah. Well, I know there's, I know there are some things Jen's going to disagree with <laughs> yeah. there. I could see the look on her face, but, but I do think you both would agree, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, that we need to be discerning in anything we're, we're listening to. I thought that mm -hmm. was interesting what you said, even about sermons, right? There are yeah. some churches out there that are, that are potentially preaching things that don't line up with the Bible, which Christians believe in. So, you know, being discerning in any information that comes in. So Jen, I'll throw it to you if you want to clarify anything on that. I did put some words in your mouth there. I think, <laughs> no, but. it's perfect. Because, and, and I appreciate you saying that, Peter, because you're absolutely right. I mean, most of the false teachers are going to have Bibles in their hands and mm. be behind pulpits. First John 4 and 1 tells us that we need to test the spirits, but we've got to test the spirits. We can't just read the the, the text and then not do it, right? We want to be more than hearers of the word. We want to be doers. So having said that, I think it sounds really nice. Well, a couple of things I want to touch on. One, I mean, I personally am not all about the conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. My take on this is coming at what are we directly seeing that, you know, I always say if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. 
Okay. So if you are doing witchcraft rituals, if you're, if you're presenting inverted crosses, if you are doing whatever, okay. And you're doing it repeatedly, chronically, you do something one time, whatever. I also want to clear up that I personally uh, would love to sit with those people, love to talk to them, love to witness to them and share the gospel with them. It's not about coming at people. It's about, again, testing the spirits as a Christian. Should we be engaging with those, uh, with the things that they're doing, the practices? Okay. I say that all the time in my own ministry work. I'm not coming at a person. I'm coming at the practice. Okay. Because the Bible does tell us in Ephesians 5:11 to expose the fruitless deeds of darkness, where you might say, they're not deeds of darkness, right? The other part I wanted to say is this reminds me a lot, and I'm sorry, I don't have the exact address, but it's uh, in the end times, people are going to become lovers of self. They want their ears tickled. That sounds great. Hey, listen, Christian, yeah, do anything. Christian liberty, do anything, listen to anything, watch anything, no problem, not a big deal. Sounds great because that's how I'm going to get you into the church. I don't want to get you into the church that way. I'm more concerned with what happens to you if you watch those things, if you listen to those things. I'm concerned about your family. I'm concerned about the demonic oppression coming into your home. And it's not a scare tactic. Mm. It's something I've seen, something I've been through. I can attest to it. Do you know what I mean? So that's something that I would want to say. And also that I wouldn't sacrifice anything for my walk. I'm not going to say that, hey, listen, I think you mentioned at the end there, who am I? I'm such a hypocrite. I'm going to not watch uh, The Exorcist, but I'm going to do another sin. Mm. I think that's a little bit apples and oranges. And I'll tell you why. We're sinners. Absolutely. We're all sinners. We need to repent daily. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have sin in my life. Right. But I am going to tell you the difference between the sin of gluttony, eating 10 cupcakes today, I messed up, or sitting here and listening to uh, or watching, okay, we use Swift over and over again, whatever, Lady Gaga with the angel cards in her hand, that's a tool of divination. It just is what it is. So I'm going to, I am going to sound the alarm on that immediately as a person who lived in divination, using divination tools for years knowing what it's all about and that God is extremely clear from the beginning of his word to the end. In regards to uh, the scripture that you mentioned, I just want to say, well, can we eat these foods now? Can we eat these foods now? Because in the Old Testament, you could only eat certain foods. And Jesus is saying, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you, right? It's what comes out of your, right? So mm -hmm. you that's giving us liberty to eat different foods, you know, the shrimps and whatever, that's not what's going to save us. And, I, and I'm with you on the fact that what we're watching is not going to either save us or not. I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can appreciate that point. Uh, however, what is it going to do? What, what is the purpose of it if you're a Christian on your Christian walk? What is the purpose of it? Well, go ahead. I, I'm sure you want to, I have some other questions here, but I'm sure you want to respond to that. So I want to give you a chance to, because there's, there's a lot there, obviously, in what, in what Jen just no, said. No, feel free to go into your question. I mean, I well, think she makes a good point. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because, and we're going to get into more general issues in entertainment, not just the occult, but I want to wrap up the occult conversation because one of the challenges, right, with this for, you know, both sides, I guess, and maybe not so much for you, Peter, but I'll go to you first on this. You know, how can 
How can this issue be presented in your view, Peter, because you know the sensitivities mm. of the people like Jen who may have a different view. How can occultic behavior in movies be presented in a way that you think people might be comfortable with in the church? Or is there not a way, right? Because if you're if you're scaring people with this issue, if you're using it to scare them into the truth in some way, do you think there's a way to make that tolerable uh, for the other side of this debate? I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on that. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's kind of our place to make, say, horror films, for example, tolerable uh, to people, because the point of horror films is supposed to be kind of scary. And, and I was asked recently, because um, my, in my other work, I, I'm a novelist and I write kind of scary novels. Uh, and um, in those things, somebody asked me, are, are you being manipulative? Are, are you trying to manipulate the emotions of the reader? And I'm like, of course, like it's supposed to be a, a thriller. That's the whole point. So I'm trying to make people, people scared. But I, I don't like this idea of, Ah, you know, for Christians to be engaged in a certain um, area of culture, we have to kind of make our version of it, like a diet sprite version of a horror film. Um, I mean, fair enough if they want to do that, but that misses the point. I'm talking about engaging with people where they are at and not judging them and, and, and writing them off because of their interests. And an example, I guess, is me in the sense that, like, when I grew up, I was very anti-church. I was, um, I, I, I was... Uh, you know, I never, like I say, I never went to church. I used to be particularly angry with Christians. I didn't understand why. And so when Christians came into my school and tried to encourage me to come to church and they were playing like cool hip music or whatever, and they were dressed, you know, like, like I was, and they were like, Hey, if you could be cool like me, Jesus is relevant. And I just remember thinking, wow, you guys have got no interest in me as a person. All you want to do is make me into a cultural product. And then you and then you tell me I'm not allowed to enjoy the things I enjoy because you don't enjoy them. And so I thought I was going to write off the Christian world completely until I sat watching horror movies and heard ghost stories and read into true life tales of the paranormal. And ironically, it was those things that made me start to say, wait a minute, I might not connect with these Christians, but what happens if there's something to this? What happens if there is a thing like good and evil? What happens if there is uh, such a thing as life after death? Maybe this is something I should be addressing. And so <laughs> these films took me to church. That was my doorway in. I wouldn't have gone without them. Um, and I just think, well, I can't be the only one. And the more work I do in this area, the more people I meet who say, you know what, I'm a clergyman today, or a clergywoman. And the reason is because I watched The Exorcist and it terrified me into thinking, gosh, maybe this stuff is real. So they they found that at a secular scary movie. They didn't find that at some Christian version of a scary movie. Like, why not just connect with what's going on in culture now? Because that's where the people are. Why do we have to make these divisions and push them away? So, Jen... How do you respond to that, to hearing that, you know, not only not only for Peter, but for others, that they maybe had that introduction to faith as a result of the good versus evil they saw in these films? Yeah, I, I, well, God is going to use whatever, whomever he wants to bring you to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I think that's awesome. I deal with this all the time because people tell me, well, Joyce Meyer, I got saved when I was in Joyce Meyer's church, or I got saved by watching The Chosen. And of course, those are two things that I do not agree with. Uh, but I don't oh. disagree that God can use them to save you. I don't disagree that if you're secular and you go to a horror movie, that God can use that to save you. I think that's phenomenal. But what happens then once you're saved? What that's my okay. concern. That's where I push back a little bit. And I noticed the J word in there. That's what I call it now these days, guys, judging. 
or judgy or yeah, judgment because we all get a bad rap for that as Christians, right? It doesn't matter if we're talking about horror movies or not. We're all big old judgers, right? We're not condemning people. God is the judge. God is the judge. But we do need to discern again, and we mentioned this, what is holy, what is not holy? What are we looking at? What are we listening to? What is going in? Does this line up with God's word? And that is on all fronts, not just horror movies and such. And that's for the believer. But for the unbeliever, absolutely, we need to meet people where they are. We need to get in the trenches with them and talk to them. I do this on a daily basis. I go on TikTok Live. You want to talk about meeting people where they are? You know, I go on there and there's a lot of people that I talk to witches. I talk to psychics and I and I just talk to them and I share the gospel and all that. But then once they're saved, let's say they come to saving faith, then what do they do? Are they still engaging in that? Are they throwing away the, or burning the tarot cards? Or is it okay to still do them? I am I'm saved now, you know, and I don't want to judge and hey, listen, you know, uh, what are the real dangers present to the Christian? The unbeliever, we know that they need Jesus Christ. We need to share the gospel. I would sit with them all day long. I would sit with them all day long, meet them where they are. Jesus met me where I was. He saved me while I was a psychic medium. I didn't have to get right. So I'm with you on that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. Any final word, Peter, on that um, before we, before we go to break? I just say that as uh, the church needs Jesus Christ as well. And um, unfortunately the church, I think, um, seems to not pay a great deal of attention on the priorities of Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. And so really um, this, this, this feeling of, you know, I, that the, the world is going to fall apart, let's say, if you um, watch one of these films, for example, I, I think is is glorifying the evil more than the film itself. I remember when I was training as a minister and um, I was, I, we were in the room and a, a guy came in with tarot cards and just handed tarot cards out and said, look, I use these because I go to psychic fairs and there's interesting symbology in these cards that I use as a way of like sharing my faith with them um, and where they're at. And they, they pass these cards out and um, every, like I, I would say there's about 30 guys in this room, people in this room, they all went like this and they wouldn't touch the card. I picked up the card and was like, oh, interesting. This is an interesting way of connecting with people. Um, and the reason why the people picked it up is because they believed that that card was in, uh, inherently evil and that the devil was going to jump out of it and attack them. And that to me is glorifying the devil. Um, and is doing it in such a way that it just cuts us off from entire groups of people. And the work I do, like, for example, on the BBC show Uncanny, um, which is very popular, and the people who come into that who have experienced strange things in their home, if I was to just write these people off straight away, um, I, I don't think that works. You've got to meet not only people where they're at at the beginning, but also where they are in the journey. God doesn't put, press delete on your interests. You know, when you become a Christian, you remain the same person in some ways, and radically different in others. All right, so Jen, I know you want to react to that. I saw your face. We will. I'll, I'll give you a chance after we come back from the break. We do have to take a quick break here in a moment, but let us know what you think. Hit the subscribe button or take a moment to follow and rate the podcast. You can always get in touch with us on social media. Again, it's Unbelievable FE on X, and it's Premier Unbelievable for Instagram or Facebook.com slash Premier Unbelievable. If you want to interact with us on our Facebook page, my guests today are Jen Niza and Peter Laws, and we will be back in just a moment. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Unbelievable, the show that gets Christians, skeptics, agnostics, and all those in between thinking about the topics that matter to all of us. We're heading into our third segment here, and Jen Niza and Peter Laws are still with me. Let's get right back into it. Now, we're going to be moving into a discussion about more general entertainment themes and Christian storytelling. But before we do, Jen, I know that we talked a little bit about tarot cards at the end there in that last segment. I know you want to respond to what Peter had to say, so go ahead and do that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you had a great point that a demon is not going to jump out at you when you touch a tarot card, but tarot cards are a tool of divination. And when you use them, of course, the cards know nothing about you. They are just paintings on cardboard, but the demonic forces are giving psychics information through those tarot cards. So I would strongly encourage anybody out there to stay far away from them, not because it's going to, you know, you're going to die and you're going to, your hand's going to light up on fire the second you touch one, but because they are a tool of divination and God is clear about divination. So I think that's where, for me, it's not as much about judging people, conspiracies or things like that. It's just, what does God say about it? Let's just, you know, for me, I just want to live by the word of God the best that I can, just like all of us Christians want to do. And I agree with you that you want to be with people on their journey because the Lord says to make disciples, right? Share the gospel and make disciples. We want to disciple people. We want to be there for them. But what does that look like by the word of God? So that's really all I wanted to say about that. All right. So I want to transition into a, a broader conversation because what is happening right now in culture in Hollywood is that this you know, sort of Christian movement, this faith movement in entertainment is exploding. Things like The Chosen, which I know you're not a huge fan of, Jen, uh, but it's exploded. But but Jesus Revolution, I and mean, we can go down the line since 2014 and particularly in the last two years, a big explosion of storytelling. A lot of those films are faith and family friendly, and that's where they fall but but Peter, how should on the storytelling front, because audiences want all sorts of different topics, how should, in your view, Christian storytellers engage in telling the more difficult stories, stories like Jen's? Mm -hmm. I mean, if Jen's story were made into a movie, an ex-porn star becoming a Christian, how do you tell those stories without maybe bringing in some of the you know crude humor, even some of the sexual content, the things that are part of some of those stories? Well, personally, I mean, I, I think... Christians would do well to lighten up uh, when it comes to these things and to be willing to use uh, expressions of art that are shocking. And what's really interesting is like, you know, sometimes when you look at the English translations of, of the Bible, they have been deliberately like toned down um, from the original languages. Um, I mean, uh, for example, like Isaiah 64, 6 talks about our righteousness as being like filthy rags, but actually um, the original is more like a cloth that is actually stained with a woman's period blood. That is that is a shocking image to have. Um, or perhaps when, when, when Paul in Philippians 3 um, uses the word uh, scubala to describe how morally impressive his own righteousness is in in translation to god um and it's often translated as rubbish in the english translations but i mean i won't say the word because it's a swear word but it's a, it's pretty much a swear word in in his day and it reminds me of the, the 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 christian speaker tony campolo who once stood up and said you know in front of a crowd while you were sleeping thirty thousand kids died last night of malnutrition and most of you don't give up and swore and he said what is worse is that you are more upset by the fact that i said that word than you are that thirty thousand people died last night and so i i feel like um you know if we were to be biblically accurate there is there are times when we can 
push push the boat a bit and and be shocking. But I just because of this sort of cultural debate we've talked about, we believe that is an unbiblical thing to do. Um, but that is not necessarily based on the Bible. It's based on um, you know a culture war. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's this is a challenge, and people are going to have different views, and I want to hear from both of you on this. You know, when you do look, you know, at data, and you look at you know culture, and the and the changes and ideas on all sorts of issues that have happened in culture from the year two thousand until now, it does coincide with the explosion of media, right? And the con- I mean, we're all yeah. on our phones all the time, we're on our tablets all the time, and so there are a lot of different facets here, including do Christians need to get more active in storytelling as we're talking about, right? And do we need more projects? Because what we've seen, at least the critique on one side, is that this entertainment has been, you know, the the crude, the blasphemy, the the sexual content, all of that has actually swayed the culture um, toward the secular side of things. Um, Jen, what is your take on that? Do you think that's what's happening? That's why we've had these cultural changes? Or do you think there are other factors, including maybe even the church not doing their job that are playing coming into play there? I don't think you could fully blame, uh, not that you are, but I, I do, I do want to say this about the church. I don't believe these things are being preached about enough in the church. I don't believe divination. As you know, I don't believe it's being preached about enough in the church. I don't believe people are aware of that. And regards to uh, the the rise in uh, our culture through technology, it's really what you said, Billy. I mean, we have technology. Technology is everything now. But how does the Christian use the same technology that the devil is using? And yes, the devil does. And I'm not trying to glorify him. I just, I like to find the balance. So if I can go back a second, because I, I want to say, as you know, this is something that I'm thinking about personally and working on making a movie out of my story, but my story does include things that are scary. So where is the balance in presenting that to an entire audience of unbelievers and believers alike without glorifying the devil, but making sure it's biblically accurate too, while still putting the truth out there. And the truth, unfortunately, is there were very scary things and very scary times. So yeah, how do we use media? Where's the balance? I think for me, that's what in regards to uh, why is there so much of this going on in our culture? Again, I think that just goes back to what I said before. We've got sin, we've got pride, we've got fame, we've got money. After everything shut down for a while, technology certainly was where we all went, where it all was at. That was where TikTok set off. That was where everything, uh, you know, so we we live in this social media cinematic uh, world but how do we use it and address it as Christians? Um, can I just yeah, jump Peter, in there? I'd love to watch the film, by the way, Jen, uh, if, if, if you make that film, uh, especially if the scary bit's in <laughs> But oh, yeah, I'm going to write some of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, just thinking about that, like technology, uh, you know, this, this idea that you're right, I think that, that the media has kind of introduced what we're going through at the moment, which is this like, battle between what seems like good and evil, perhaps. Um, but I, I would have a different take on that. I think what has happened is... Um, and, and, and I used, to, you know, I trained in sociology. So with my sociologist hat on, um, mm-hmm. technology has basically um, made tribalism much, much worse in our modern age. And so what tends to happen is because we have social media um, and we're able to sort of choose what news channel we watch or, you know, um, you know what, what, what YouTube channels we, we enjoy, 
and what friends we have. And we can curate our friends and say, oh, well, I don't like him, so I'll get rid of him and I'll keep her. <laughs> what is happening is the tribalism in our society has become so distinct that um, the divisions are only, uh, you know, amplified. And I think this is where one of our problems is, is that we are, many people in the church are so far removed from the everyday person in the street or the people who, like, for example, like people who watch the Kardashians, you know, like, and will say, oh, well, the Kardashians are vapid and stupid and corrupt and horrible. Um, whereas the person in the street are like, well, I enjoy them. They're interesting and they're inspiring because of the businesses they've made. Um, and, but, what I think if the devil is doing anything, he's putting these divisions between Christians and everyday people so that there's just no dialogue. And the point of, I, I would say the point of evangelism particularly is to try and connect with people where they're at. Um, but you have to appreciate there is a kind of patronizing approach to that where it's like, it is our job to swing into the dark and to present the full package because I know better than you. Um, which is the classic kind of approach to evangelism and not an appreciation of what that sounds like to the other person. And, and could you say, well, hang on a minute, don't you want to hear what I'm into? Like, can't we be in dialogue here? And I'm just talking about on communication level, that is more effective because I bet you if I said to you, well, you know, would you want to sit down with a Satanist and give him an hour to talk to him about, to, about what he believes and invite him to the church? You'd be like, well, absolutely not, because that's wrong. I'm not necessarily saying get them in the pulpit. I'm just saying the divisions, that's, that's the problem. And it's exacerbating this argument. And that's, I think, what technology has done. Not, not the devil. Well, Jen. Well, yeah. And, and it, so that, that is interesting, right? I mean, how, Jen, how can Christians foster a constructive dialogue, right? Regardless of where people stand, obviously you guys have some different ideas on this, but within you know, their communities, within Christian communities and within culture more broadly about this intersection of faith and pop culture. How do we have a constructive conversation and dialogue about yeah, that? Yeah, well, I agree with what Peter is saying by evangelizing properly. So I agree with you that I, mm -hmm. I don't appreciate it if there was a Christian that came out and was beating me over the head with the Bible and, hey, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. We know Jesus Christ gave the truth with love and with grace. And that's what I'm saying. But we still, but don't, lead out the truth. We've got to put the truth, but we've got to do it in a loving and gracious way. And like I mentioned before, I personally do speak with witches. I speak with psychics all the time, really almost on a regular basis. And I'm happy to do so. And I do it with respect and I do it with love. And I'm not playing God, but I'm sharing the good news and I'm exp exposing the dangers of divination and whatever it is that they decide to do is between them and God. And I just pray that a seed has been planted. But I agree with you that evangelism has to be done uh, with love and with grace, uh, but not eliminating the truth. Okay, let's just be buddies. Let's just don't worry about it. It's okay. Who are we spending time with? I mean, even the Bible says bad uh, company corrupts good morals. So there's a balance is all I'm saying. There's, there's, there's a balance there. Yeah, I mean, one one of the critiques I know, Jen, that you've given a lot about media, yeah, and I've I've seen it, I've noticed it in some of the reality TV shows that are on, you know, particularly in America, where you see a lot of the the housewives, mm -hmm. for instance, on Bravo bringing in psychics constantly. It's almost every season of that show they've got a psychic coming in. It's just part of the narrative, you know. Peter, do you think, because I love, as, especially with your sociology background, 
when it feels like almost every show is sort of starting to integrate those things, especially reality shows, into the sort of normal narrative of the show, is there a cumulative impact on the culture that does start to, to sort of wear people down or condition them into, oh, yeah, seeing a psychic is just something that normal people do all the time. Like, what's your take on, on the impact potentially of that? Well, I mean, I suppose I, I come from the, from the side to say, well, we have to ask why is that happening? Not necessarily that it's uh, like the fault of the devil necessarily. And I do think actually Christians have more blame you could say at their door than perhaps they think um the paranormal for example and this is kind of a world where i'm kind of involved in i suppose uh you know in terms of like, like journalism and, and broadcasting uh, that is huge it's like exploded interest in that is huge since the early 2000s and um i would even go so far as to say that interest in the paranormal and ghost hunting and things like that is almost like a new religious movement um, and the reason for that is because um, the, the people, when you, when I interview people who are interested in church and then interested in the paranormal, you, you see an amazing amount of uh, crossover in their opinions and their motivations. They're looking for evidence of life after death. They're worried about death anxiety. They're worried, you know, like they, they, they're not willing to accept a purely secular worldview. However, when they go to church, they are met with a presentation which is doesn't gel with them as modern people. One example would be, for example, um, you know, when you see ghost hunters going out there, they've got like lots of instruments and they're trying to measure things. They're, they're following a kind of scientific method to try and get evidence. Imagine if they, if someone turned up at your church on Sunday and said, look, I'm interested in, in, in Jesus, but I would like to set up my equipment to see if anything happens when we pray. And the church leader would probably say, no, because that's not the nature of our faith. Our f you're, you're supposed to accept it, accept what I'm telling you and believe it. Um, but you don't t put God to the test. And this just leaves people with a sense of, well, I, I don't believe that because authority ever since, say, the 1960s, authority groups are not to be trusted, especially the church because of so much hypocrisy. And so I would say that the reason why we're seeing psychics and all these sorts of things, we could say, aha, the devil is uh, battling the church. I would say, no, it's because we have let people down and that we have um, pushed them away so culturally that they do not feel at home coming to church and they feel more at home in the paranormal space. And that to me is our problem in some ways as well as theirs. <laughs> Jim, what do you think about that shared responsibility issue, right? Because it is, it is. I mean, it is an, a really interesting argument in that, I mean, you could even argue both, right? I mean, now I don't know that you would, Peter, but you could argue that, you know, there's a cumulative impact because culture is moving more away from faith. It opens the door to these things, you know, and you could argue what you just did at the same time. Where, where are you on that, Jen? Well, in regards to the church, I'll double down on what I said before. I don't think they're preaching enough about divination, witchcraft, uh, but then you also have the other problems in certain denominations that are so uh, similar to the new age, which is presenting issues as well. So then it's almost accepted. So, yeah, there's a lot of problems. Of course, the church overall could do a better job. But we have to remember this is the way it is. I mean, Jesus talks about this in, in the Bible. Now, in regards to culture, the oh, man, so many things you just said blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, ghost hunting. So would I just have a question if it's okay for Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do you think Christians then should watch the Long Island Medium and, and psychic readings on 
TV, you know, the shows, and you mentioned the early 2000s, which I can attest to because that was right Mm -hmm. when I was going into psychic mediumship. John Edwards had his show on Crossing Over. I wasn't a Christian by any means, of course. I wasn't Mm -hmm. saved. Uh, Then, of course, you know, you have the Long Island Medium and you have the tarot card reader on Fox News. I agree with what Billy said before. I believe there's a lot of conditioning, but should the Christian be watching that? Is that okay too? And what's the difference between ghost hunting and psychic uh, psychic reading? Mm. Um, personally i don't really have a big problem if a christian finds the paranormal interesting and intriguing because for many christians the reason or, or just people in general the reason why they're following the paranormal is because they they're they're struggling to know for certain if god exists and um they want to have some evidence of life after death and so if they see an apparition in front of them you know they have this sense of oh my goodness this is real so the motivations um, of people who go into this sort of stuff are, I would say, honorable in the sense or they're looking for things to help them believe. And for us to say, you know, you shouldn't be interested in that stuff, I think is unfair. And what I've noticed is like, the more I've been open about my personal interests in that, I'll get little old ladies in church, you know, who might be, would never have dared say it. And they'd say, you know, I, 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 I'm fascinated by ghost stories or the paranormal. Um, it doesn't mean that they are wanting to kind of worship the devil or anything. It just means that they are, they're trying to make sense. We're all on a journey. And, and for some people, they feel like they've reached, they've reached their black and white kind of, I know what's going on. But I think a lot of people are, I'm not so sure I'm trying to figure it out. And for them on that journey, um, I think we kind of respect, we, we, we journey alongside those people. Because I think the second we say, well, you're not allowed to do that. You can't watch that. I can't listen to that. It's just another brick that we build. And that's why, so I I speak at paranormal conferences, for example, and um, I've been amazed at when I turn up at these things. Firstly, they think, wait a minute, you're you're an ordained reverend. So I guess you're here to condemn us. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm happy to tell you my stuff, but I'd love to hear your stuff because, you know, I'm maybe I've got stuff to learn. Um, And what that, and I'm not, and that's not some evangelistic kind of uh, ploy, by the way, this is genuinely who I am. Um, and what happens on those things is like I might be up until four in the morning with people coming in and sitting with me saying, well, tell me your thought. Tell me your story. And I, I just feel like that's 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 a better way of connecting with people. And I've, I, I, yeah, I've interviewed witches, for example, who have been put off going to church because the second they came in, they discovered Christianity was not interested in ecology, not interested in feminism. So in the feminine, I should say, and was relentlessly masculine and all of these other things. There's all these people who potentially could join the church and they just don't because we think they've rejected us. But actually it might be because we've presented a, a flavor, a version of Christianity that just doesn't make sense to them. Final words on this, Yeah, Jen? just real quick. I think that I, what I'm hearing and I can appreciate is that people are on a journey uh, uh, to uh, understand if there's something after those are the questions, right? Where do we go when we die? What happens? What's my purpose? Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you there 100%. That's why a lot of people watch uh, NDE accounts. Hmm. Maybe they saw the medium, maybe they saw the psychic, maybe they saw the ghost hunter. But now when they come to become, a, now when they come to Christ, let's say they become a Christian and they understand that's not what life and death is. Because when you're watching the psychic mediumship reading, you're not seeing God at all. That is demonic. Those are familiar spirits that are communicating with the psychic and must be avoided because God condemns it. But you're not condemning the person. You're saying, okay, great. Okay, this is what led you to Christ. Awesome. That's great. Let's talk about it now. Let's see, is this 
what God, you know, is this what you should be doing? Is this what you should be entertaining, what you should be watching? And if not, why? And just bring them back to the word of God so that they can live a holy life. That's all I'm saying. It's not about judging them, condemning them. No, I get that. You know, yeah. and and the church, um, the church should have everybody make it accessible for everybody to come in. Absolutely. We always say the church is the ICU. We all come in there with something, right? We all come in there with problems. We're not perfect. Sometimes more than Sometimes one thing. But I don't want to stay in the church that will support any sin that I'm doing. I want them to tell mm-hmm. me the truth. As a matter of fact, I can tell you when I was saved a few days later, I made an appointment with the pastor of the church I was saved in. And he said this to me, I told him about the psychic mediumship and everything. He goes, listen, I don't pay your bills. He said, but I would be a horrible pastor if I didn't tell you what God says about this. And he told me the truth. And then whatever it was for me to do, to do. But he wasn't going to support it. He wasn't going to support mm-hmm. it. And he told me the truth. And what does Jesus say? The truth sets us free. And he's the truth. So you are not hindered by God's commands. They're not burdensome. You actually live a better life when you follow But they, but they do become more burdensome when you, like, you, you create more sins than maybe there is so you know when you say don't listen to taylor swift because that's demonic you know i do feel like that is bringing way more kind of pressure on like normal everyday people with 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 little evidence and so i i I see what you're saying you know you you don't want to encourage people to you know commit actual proper sin um because that's destructive and it can hurt people absolutely um but my issue is like imagine like there's this like list that is sinfulness and the stuff that jesus talked about like i said earlier is 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 very particular it's about you know rejection rejecting people and and prejudice and all these other things and then it's like oh and it's also watching this and it's also don't don't listen to that album don't go to don't take your kids to a taylor swift concert and that just stuff is when i my pharisee bell starts pinging and you think well hang on a minute like what's what is all this stuff but i I, I see what you're saying, but I guess we come at it from different angles. I do respect that. Yeah, two totally different perspectives. Quick final word, Jen, because we got to go in just a minute here. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of things like when, you know, the thing with the Pharisee, the whole legalistic idea is actually that you have to follow a certain amount of rules to be saved. And we know that's not true. And, Absolutely. We, can't, and we can't create, it's only through Jesus Christ that we are saved. He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? And also we can't create sins that aren't, we don't have the authority or the power to do that. I don't say, hey, listen, I wouldn't listen to that. I I encourage you not to, not because I'm telling you you're going to go to hell if you do that. Sorry to be so bold, but I'm going to tell you it's going to open demonic doors. And my concern is for that person and demonic oppression. Well, I want to thank you both. I mean, we we tackled a lot today. Yeah. We're going to have to leave it there. We could do three more hours on this because there's a lot <laughs> to unpack when it comes to the issues, the underlying issues, and then obviously entertainment uh, more broadly. You have been listening to Jen Niza and Peter Laws. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I have truly loved it. And as always, we want to hear your thoughts. So send us your questions. You can email us at unbelievable at premier.org.uk. Again, on social media, unbelievable F on X or on Facebook and Instagram at Premier Unbelievable. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast provider. It is a huge help to Unbelievable. Helps us get the podcast out to those who don't know us yet. And for now, I'm Billy Hollowell, and it's been great to be with you. We'll see you next time for more discussions and debates on Unbelievable. Until then, from me and the team, have a good day. 